Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? With me, your host, Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, welcome to our 56th episode. If you are a long-time listener or a frequent listener or a returning listener, Thank you again for lending me your ears. It is truly appreciated and it is humbling to say the least. That's not just the line I'm using. I, I'm actually very humbled by the fact that there are certain people that have corresponded with me that really appreciate the conversation, especially the last few conversations that we've had where um, I've spoken about the employment empowerment movement employee empowerment movement occurring in this country whether it's about how to get along at the dinner table or the last conversation i had which was a couple of my friends reached out to me and said june you seemed very passionate about that particular subject and as well i should the, the last one why that i titled the hypocrisy of ennis Cantor and andrew bogut uh, one is a, for, a former NBA player, one is a current NBA player, and their hypocrisy. And as a matter of fact, we're going to get into that a little bit. So I'm going to title this episode, Come Get Me Part 2. And then I'm going to go into other issues and topics. But it's important because it, it ties in all together. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But first, first and foremost... If you have any suggestions, questions, concerns, definitely feel free to follow our page on Instagram at Whose World Is This 2021. That's Whose World Is This 2021 on Instagram. If you would like to email me privately or personally, and you don't want to reach out in my Instagram DMs, please email me at Whose World Is This 21 at Gmail. Also, our cash app is dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's our cash app. Our Venmo is the same, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. But cash app, obviously, you have to put the dollar sign there first. Um, what else? If you're listening to us on Spotify, definitely follow the show. Definitely share, you know, the routine. If you're listening on Apple, iTunes, things like that, sub, rate, subscribe. It'd be great to get more. Uh, I've been getting some uh, comments I've joined some a couple of uh, meta podcast groups and, you know, a couple of people have reached out and said they want to do more interviews with me and they'd like me on their show and they like my show and they like my topics. I'm like, OK, that's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, as you guys already know, we're going to push this show into overdrive next year. It's going to be more production value. It's going to be uh, a website accompanying this show. Um, there are going to be some things attached to this. It's not going to be just this. There are going to be things that I, we're going to use this show as a springboard. That's why I'm happy about this, because we are in our 56th episode, and this show is, in a way, a resume. So if people want to get to know me, if any sponsors want to get to know what I'm about, how I tackle different situations, how adept I am or not at, at, at speaking on different topics and things like that. If you want to get to know me, there are 56 examples to see. So we are creating a breadth of, of, of content where if a sponsor, a corporate sponsor, people with products, small businesses, and if, if they want to get down with this movement and sponsor the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, if you ask me what my show is about, I can tell you in a couple of sentences or feel free to listen. Listen to a handful of episodes when you have a moment, when you're on the treadmill, walking, driving in traffic, whatever you're doing, cleaning the house. Listen to where I am and and we'll get to build together because I think I've established enough. I think I've created enough content where I've established who I am or what or how I will approach certain things. And um, that gives me a level of comfort going into next year where I'm not a mystery, where you know I reached out to sponsors, truthfully, people, five episodes in. I was like, hey, Want to sponsor my show? <laughs> and a couple of companies were like, yeah, we don't know you. We don't know what you're going to do. We don't, you know, 
topics can come up that you may take a stance that is uh, what we consider divisive or, you know, it may not be on brand with us. So, you know, so many companies took a wait and see approach, but they liked my pitch. They appreciated my professionalism and I will be reaching right back out to them in, <clears throat> in the coming year and saying, hey, listen, um, we went from I reached out to you when I was at five episodes. Now I'm at uh, 65 or 55 or 75, but we're going to wait till the, the beginning of the year. I have a couple of packages and I'm learning how to pitch this this stuff in a certain way. In any case, like I've said to you before on other uh, shows, I've been using the Lenore Batista journals. <clears throat> I started November 1st, 2021 this year, and I will be ending it November 1st, 2022. So 365 days. I chaveshouse.com. That's where I purchased these journals. It's the gratitude journal. You can go to Chavez House Publishing. That's Chavez with an S. Go to Chavez House Publishing on Amazon. It's where I purchase my journals, my fitness diaries, my fitness logs, things like that. These are the things that I'm using to bring about a new 2022. Don't want it to resemble 2021 or 2020. Not No. The only thing I want to be similar are my friends, my family, my fiance. It's the only things I want to, to, to look the same as this year. I want everything different and different in the most positive way. And one of the ways I'm doing that is journaling and, and, and pretty much documenting what I am thankful for each and every single day. And that's what the gratitude journals do. Pick one up for yourself or family. We are approaching Christmas. We are approaching Christmas. It is a couple of days away. This is awesome. <clears throat> the end of 2021. And I'd like to speak about, I'd like to uh, bridge a gap from the last conversation to this one. Remember what we've been speaking about. I said over the last several weeks that I would be focusing on family. I would be, the emphasis would be on how we are getting along at the dinner table. Because I'm, I'm noticing over the last several years how many family members have been fractured due to uh, opposing or, or, or differing political views and ideologies on certain subjects. There's been a lot of fodder. There's a, been a lot to speak about, whether it's been Ahmaud Arbery, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, uh, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd, this one, that one, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, jab, not to jab, mask, not to mask, quarantine or not, shut down, shut up, shut up and dribble. Don't. Do All of this has been going on in the last couple of years. I mean, it's it, so much information we've been we've been given, and this is why I want I wanted to do this show this year. So much was going on that I said it'd be nice to just speak and quiet the noise and and invite some perspectives. Oftentimes, you guys may not know this, but some of the perspectives that I espouse on this show may not necessarily be perspectives that I agree with. I just feel that it's a perspective that warrants airtime, that warrants input, that warrants a space in a conversation before you make an informed opinion or judgment on a particular subject. So sometimes you may hear me speak about something with great passion. It may not be what I agree with. But I feel that, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not hearing this part, this little thread. It's an important ingredient and no one is saying it. And everyone is jumping to a particular conclusion without having what I consider to be an essential piece. So that's what I am. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the deep diving unpacker, but I will say that I'm going to offer a perspective that may not be as parroted, as awfully parroted as others. And so we get to sit in a different kind of couch lounge. This is a different kind of zone when you're here. I employ a certain kind of language and I do that specifically for a reason. So we can get, so we can sift through some of that noise. I want to talk about last episode. First and foremost, I would like to, uh, I always say I remain corrected until I stand corrected. And this is one of the things that we spoke about last episode. It's okay to be wrong and it's also okay to be right. And it's okay to not take differing point of views and perspectives personally. Uh, 
you if you have an opinion, if you have a judgment about something, see how adept you are at arguing against what you believe. Pull it apart. See how it see how your argument withstands the rigors of intellectual inquiry and counters. See how it stands. Last episode, we spoke about Andrew Bogut, the uh, former NBA player born and raised in Australia, part of the Australian national team. And Ennis Cantor, born and raised in Turkey, I think moved to Turkey, then moved to someplace else in Europe, and is now a, a, a current player with the Boston Celtics, a career journeyman. He's played for several teams. Um, and, um, and I spoke about their hypocrisy and, and the way that America and certain, I would say, contingents in American media and in, in American ideology are using the bogus and the cantors of the world as cancers and bogus talk where they use them against, uh, I would say, the politics of the left. And they're either unwitting tools or they are allowing themselves to be these tools uh, of sound mind and sound body. And they've decided to use LeBron to, to draw. They've decided to use LeBron James as a target. Uh, Mr. LeBron, you already know him, LeBron Raymond James. In any case, I spoke about Australia and I spoke about the indigenous people of Australia and how Andrew Bogut, Australian citizen, rarely speaks about uh, uh, the injustices that occurred to the indigenous people. One of my friends, and I told you in the last episode, one of my, well, I have several friends of mine in, in Australia. When I lived in Hawaii, I knew a lot of Australians. And um, some of them were Anglo, some of them were indigenous that moved to Hawaii. I used the term Aborigine. One of my friends who's actually an indigenous Australian. And when I say indigenous, I mean the brown Australians that were there before the colonization invasion of the European settler. We like to use the term settler. You know, it's, it's a quite innocuous phrase. It sounds very, hmm, it sounds like settled. It's like a cake. You take it out the oven and it settles. It sounds nice, right? Genteel, but it's not that. It's not that at all, okay? Not even a little bit. So I don't want to call them settlers, British settlers, European settlers. They were invaders because if they were settlers, they would have created an equilibrium with the people that were already on the ground, but that's not what happened. So the term Aborigine, something I didn't know, Aborigine is considered somewhat of an insensitive uh, uh, colloquial or, or, or label they would prefer indigenous people or, or, or aboriginal people, but aborigine, N-I-E, or N-E-S, is considered, you know, somewhat insensitive because it was used in a derisive fashion. That I didn't know. And a friend of mine who's Australian, native indigenous Australian, emailed me and sent me a WhatsApp and was like, June... Loved, loved, loved the show. This was his exact term. He said, loved, loved, loved the show. He said, quickly, though. He said, you were on point, spot on. And he knows that I know a lot of the history because even before I met him, how, we, how I met this guy, we, we ended up talking about Australian things like that. And he looked at me, and he was a little taken back by how much I knew. And he was like, damn, June, you, you know anybody else Australian? I said, no. Nah. I said, what made you study it? I said, I've studied the trends of how we've, how we've gotten here. And this was back in 2014. This is about seven, eight years, seven years ago. So I want to say I met him around September 2014. And he was like, how'd you know? I said, I just kept reading and I kept looking and I kept reading and I kept trying to understand how, how Australia became what it was, you know, the same way South Africa is what it is. So he told me, yo, everything was great. He loved the show. He knew I could have went even further, but he said the Aborigines, he heard me use it a couple of times and he said it made him go, ugh just a little bit and I apologize for that yeah that that wasn't my intent um and he knows that and other Australian and native indigenous Australian people that will come across that show I want them to know that as well that please feel free to email me any suggestions questions concerns doesn't hit me up uh whose world is this 21 at gmail and whose world is this 2021 so the term aborigine NES it's considered to a certain degree uh, insensitive 
you know, and he said it. He said, some people use it, some people don't, but he said Aboriginal, Indigenous, you know, and I used them, he said, and I used, I was using them interchangeably, but they're not quite interchangeable. And see, and you see what just happened? That's the dinner table I'm talking, I'm speaking about. This is the dinner table I'm speaking about. This is, these are the things that can be spoken about at dinner tables and it's okay. So when I said, come get me, in the in, in when I titled it come get me and I title I'm titling this one come get me part two it's okay to have these discussions over the rice and beans and the turkey wings and the fried chicken and the mac and cheese and lasagna it's okay like if Andrew Bogut was sitting at the table with me and Ennis Cantor I would have gave them that exact same smoke that I, I that I gave zero issue anyone who knows me knows I'm not media I just know how to speak so I'm not one of these media people that talk crazy on 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 podcasts and shows and stuff like that but when you see them in person they're demure i don't shrink in person it doesn't happen there's an argument that i'm bigger in person and bigger in person than i am over i don't shrink i don't care if you're seven feet tall eight feet tall it doesn't matter the same conversation i would have that's why i said come get me i would fly to wherever they are and if they want to have a one-on-one in person just about this it wouldn't Truthfully, it wouldn't even have to be aired. I wouldn't be doing it for the clout. You're, they're the ones with the audience. They're the ones with the fame. They're the ones with the fortune. I would like to just be a part of their re-education and acclimate them and acculturate them to information that they would need before they open up their mouths and information that they had plenty of access to and decided against it and take the stances that they've taken. So it wouldn't have to be something where I'm uh, uh, online and I'm using it for views and I'm using it for follows and subs. Uh-uh. No one would have to know. No one would even have to know. I would sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. No one would even have to know that I met them. But that's how important I feel that that conversation was that we had. But I just wanted to start off with that. I want everybody out there to listen to that last episode I did, which was called The Hypocrisy of Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogan. Just to show you, I'm not a clout chaser. I'm not this person that's fishing for views and subs, please. Ugh, yuck. I've never been the attention seeker. My attention comes f- however it comes. I've never, been, I've never been someone who clamored for popularity. Never had to. That's just been my gift. I get popular just, you know, it's just what it is or not. I, even with this show, I don't, I don't make any great effort to promote it. I, I put it out there and we'll see what happens. And next year I'll make certain efforts, but nothing that will seem ham-handed, ham-handed efforts just to, to promote for promotional sake. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. The redeemable value comes from people feeling a bit illuminated, feeling a tiny bit enlightened, feeling as if they're not alone with the thoughts that they're having and and, and giving them an an opportunity to think about some things in a way that maybe have not been presented to them before. That's it. Do I want to get paid off of that? Absolutely. I see too many ignoramuses getting paid. Too too many points of view and trains of thought that I feel eh, been done before. There are a hundred of you doing it. It's the same cheeseburger, same bread, same bun. What's happening? You know? So, you know, why, why can't I get a little bit of that, you know? But I wanted to apologize to anyone, any of the uh, native indigenous Australian people uh, with my usage, for my usage of the term aborigine. And if, it was cons- if it's insensitive or you find it insulting or derisive, that it, you, get, you have my sincerest apology. That was not my concern. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't my intent. You know, I was concerned with highlighting their plight and the hypocrisy behind the Andrew Bogut's of the world having the nerve to insult LeBron James for his activism, being a black American who, who spent most of his life as a poor black American male whose mom was a teen mom and she was a poor black American female. And coming from Akron, Ohio and coming from the Midwest and poverty and cold weather and please. So it's interesting that Andrew Bogut wants LeBron to speak about uh, uh, what Andrew Bogut wants to speak about. He wants to diminish what LeBron is doing or LeBron is saying, uh, you know, especially when it deals with the crisis state of black America, such as it is. But it's funny. You want Andrew, you want LeBron to speak about 
other issues, even though he's speaking to issues that are directly related to him and his ancestry, his community, the people he grew up with, his family members and friends. So uh, one could say the same about Andrew Bogut. Like instead of worrying about why LeBron's not speaking about China, uh, which is thousands of miles away from LeBron, and he's speaking about things going on in his community, like the 64% increase in murders and homicides in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, we could say the same about you, Mr. Bogut. Why are you not speaking about um how the the um, indigenous Australians are being treated even till, to, till today? How the vast majority of the wealth of Australia is not in the hands of the people that were there already. You know, I was reading something and, and that friend of mine that I spoke about, he sent me something that was quite interesting. He was sending me some articles that I didn't know. And I because I, I, I um spoke about 1788 and how many um, indigenous Australians were there in Australia at the time and were killed. And he said that the number is 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 far larger than the number that I quoted. I think the number I quoted was around 250,000 indigenous Australians were there in 1788 when the European colonizers um, came and after by 19 by the 1900s was about 90 about you know I could think it was like 30 or 40,000 he said that's wrong he said there were about 750,000 closer to a million native indigenous Australians there in 1788 and within give or take a hundred years and change. It was only about a hundred thousand. So you pr- pretty much cleared out 80 plus percent of the population. This is what we're talking about. These are the massacres that occurred. Okay. To create the, the, the Australia, the new British, the, the new Australian identity. This is what, this is what occurred, but you never hear the Bogut speak about this. Never heard him. You know, like I said in the last segment, <laughs> when I said Ennis Cantor wants LeBron to speak about the Uyghurs, which is a, a, a minority group in China that, that, that he says is being mistreated and being exploited. He wants LeBron to speak about the Uyghurs, but I'm saying LeBron is speaking about what he knows. And he's speaking about, instead of speaking about the Uyghurs in China, he's speaking about the, the Negroes in, in the United States and building schools and building a, a safe haven for these kids that could in, that could statistically end up being on the negative side of certain statistics. So creating this haven creates opportunities, creates hope, creates promise. It creates uh, different realities. And these men had the nerve to speak about that. And this is the kind of ta- kind of conversations I don't mind having at your Christmas party. I don't mind having it. As long as the food's good, I will speak, talk of this stuff. The wine's great. The beer's great. You have good whiskey, top shelf whiskey, and you got some great vittles, some food for me to eat, to dine on. Wonderful. Let's have it. I don't care. I I don't care because everyone is treating their opinion as if it's a religion. It's something that they're so invested in. Them being wrong would be the end of the world or if they were to stand corrected. Like I said, I am correct until I stand corrected. And once I stand corrected, I appreciate more than anything the new information. It's exciting to get a new perspective and a new point of view that's different from mine. Then I replace my truth with the better truth, the truth that I had invested in. If it's wrong, I replace it. Guys out there have to be okay with that. So that's one of the things that I wanted to speak about today. I wanted to definitely uh, start off with that apology uh, uh, for um, misuse of of a phrase. But um, at the same time, um, I'm glad that I did that episode. I think it's very important. A lot of things going on. Um, In Haiti, there was a uh, 62 people died in a gas explosion. And the gas prices are through the roof to the point where people, (laughs) people were taking buckets and trying to get the gas that wasn't on fire. I don't hear anybody speaking about that. Am I up in arms calling people sellouts? Hmm? Where's Ennis Cantor and Andrew Bogut about what's going on in Haiti? Hmm? Anybody remember? I think I, I think I mentioned it the other day um, where there was a group of Africans that were living in France and took some rickety boat, tried to get from France to England using the English Channel and they drowned. 
think a couple of dozen. I, I, I don't, you know, wh wh where's everybody on that? You know, we have refugee crises going on all over. We have 50,000 Haitians that ended up in Mexico. Do you know what a Haitian has to do to end up in Mexico? Do you know how a Haitian gets to Mexico? I want you guys to look at a map for a moment. Just, just, just take a second. Just take a second. Look at a map. Look at a map of the Caribbean and just look. Take a second and see. It's an island. Okay? It's an island. It's not anywhere near Mexico. Okay? And what you have to do is you have to get on a boat and you have to go all the way to Central America. Sometimes all the way to South America. You get smuggled to South America and then you have to travel through dozens of countries. <laughs> One Haitian family said that they traveled through over 13 countries to get to Mexico. Just to end up getting deported because that's how dire the situation is in Haiti right now. Where is I, I could easily be the person to say, what's up? How come there's no intent? There's no attention being being uh, given to a country that's only two hours off of the coast of South Florida. OK, with a significant portion of the population in this country being Caribbean, being Haitian, things that go on in this country. There's a there's been a humanitarian crisis in that country for as long as I've been alive. But I don't see people's avatars. I don't see free Haiti. I don't see the flags. I don't see that. I don't see Andrew Bogut speaking about that. You know, I don't I don't see them speaking about that. You have plenty of African players in the NBA. You have the Embiid's and the Pascal Siakam's. You have the uh, so many players of African descent from mainland Africa, and 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 they're suffering. The humanitarian crisis that's going on in West Africa, I'm sorry, East Africa with so many Africans getting on boats, trying to get to Europe and drowning in the middle of the ocean. They're ending up in the Middle East and they're being mistreated and tortured and used as slave labor in many, many places in North Africa and the Middle East. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. There are 333 black players in the NBA. 74% of the league is black, black American and black African. What are we talking about? So you want these men who are dealing with so much amongst their own heritage, ethnicity and nationalities to say, oh, wait, because Bogut and, and his canter want us to speak about China because they don't want us to speak about black issues. They don't want us to speak about what's going on in the, Af in the African uh, continent or with the African diaspora. Let's not speak about that. Who cares? China. China. Hmm? China, where America's making so much money with, where 80% of Walmart goods. You, you, you heard the stats I gave you last episode. I just wanted to continue to say that. I just I, I wanted to continue on that trend because I'm letting you know that I can have this conversation at the table. I've had certain conversations. There are certain members of my not my immediate family, but their politics is based purely and solely on the hot takes and the catchphrases of the puppet personalities that are on television. And nothing makes me grit my teeth more when I know that every single last thing you're saying, you got it off of a news segment. Everything you're saying, and it's not technically news, it's personality-driven infotainment. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about what you know. It's how what you being told makes you feel. It's a big difference. So when you're watching CNN or FOX or MSNBC or even Al Jazeera.net, it doesn't matter. It's not about the information. It's about how the information is making you feel and how it's being delivered personally personality driven infotainment hmm you're not being enlightened enlightened or illuminated okay you're being malinformed and misinformed disinformed and misinformed okay miseducated that's what it is that's what's going on i'm not saying that to say hey listen purchase come over here to, to our side they're the dark side I'm saying that's what it is, and you know that. 
you know that you turn on the news in the news today there was a 40 there was a two-car pileup in the stop it oh such and such there was a shooting on stop it stop it bad news travels faster than good news if it bleeds it leads fight or flight syndrome always being in, enacted they don't they do not activate your endorphins they do not activate your serotonin they act they negatively impact your emotional state because when you're in a fight or flight mode guess what happens fear decreases your IQ and your ability to reason when you're quiet and calm and relaxed and you're not given a false negative stimuli you're able to go eh I don't know about that or that's interesting and your mind starts to work its reasoning capacity but when you're told oh my gosh oh honey lock the doors they just said that yeah you're not thinking straight literally you're not thinking straight and and that's the whole idea so that whole the angrynomics that they use the angernomics the angry commentary that they use the banter oh donald trump did this oh my god joe biden did that who is he oh we're losing the country oh tools you're being used as tools and so when i see an ennis Cantor on fox the same if you're an nba player speaking about social issues this is the, uh, lebron james is an nba player who's spoken out and has been outspoken about social issues they told him to shut up and dribble they invited you on what's the difference agendas and either you're an unwitting tool or you or you agree with their politics you agree that he should shut up and dribble and you should be allowed to speak about the things that you think are important yeah you're saying oh china this and oh free taiwan and free this and free that but yet you're still wearing the sneakers that are made in taiwan you're still wearing these jerseys that are made in china and other places you're still you're still in these arenas where most of these corporations have their satellite companies sometimes their headquarters overseas in china they're they're partnered up with china your phone that's in your hand if it's an apple phone it's 51 percent of the suppliers come from china what are you talking about and then like i said before the blood diamonds the blood colton in your phone the blood copper in your phone the wiring the circuitry all comes from africa where child soldiers are walking around killing each other at 10 years old what are we talking about why are you not speaking about that why are you not speaking about the 30 40 000 haitians that are at the border right now in mexico you didn't decide to speak about that why not you didn't speak andrew bogut where are you on that huh where are you on that? Where are you on what's going on at the border with all the, those, those black people that are there? Hmm? Where, where, where are you on the murder rate that has increased in this country by 30, 40%? And the majority of the people being murdered are black men between the ages of, let's say, 16 and 40 or 18 and 40. Okay? When the fourth highest, uh, 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 fourth highest cause of death amongst black males is homicide. What are you talking about? we have a humanitarian crisis right here that's why i said i would love to educate those two men but further but firstly i have i don't have access to them i don't have access to them shame on the nba players that allow these two foreigners on work visas on tourist visas who got permission to come here and play a game and get paid millions of dollars so they could take advantage of all the things that America has to offer while other people have to deal with the perils. You get to come from Australia where your people massacred 750,000 indigenous natives to create their little nest egg. And you got to be a seven-foot European playing basketball. And have all the amenities and all the all the opportunities that come with that just to come to this country and assimilate and acculturate into that white society and make comments about how these men spend their money and how they do this and how they their activism. And you think that you can just get off of a plane with your work visa. And make us make presumptions and make assertions and cast dispersions. Same with Mr. Turkey, the tool of Turkey, the Turkish tool and his canter you come here and then you on your work visa and so i'm asking hey 333 black players here are these two guys who got off a plane is privileged to play in the sport in this country and guess what they're admonishing you while you're stuck in the struggle while people who look like you get shot by police get shot by other people who look like you 
one of the highest causes of death is someone who looks like me killing me and there's only a 20% chance that the cops are even going to catch the person because a black victim only has a black victim of homicide if the victim is black it's a 26% chance of 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 of, of success rate of being of that uh, assailant being caught my murderer being caught because i call it misdemeanor homicide that's what we used to call it in new york misdemeanor homicide that means if you are a killer, if you're someone who wants to kill somebody and that person you want to kill is black, you pretty much have an 80% chance of getting away with it. Hey, Andrew Cantor, those are the numbers. Hey, Andrew Bogan, those are the numbers. Does that sound like something maybe you should be speaking about? So when LeBron James is building schools to create places for young black boys and girls to go and feel welcome, you don't think that that's, you don't think that that's reducing those negative statistics that I just outlined? Question mark? No? <sighs> That's the only reason why I brought that up because I feel that, you know, I, I, I feel ashamed that those 333 black players didn't publicly check Ennis Cantor, especially after his Fox News interview. Me personally, I don't have anything against Fox News. I'm just saying I had an issue when that woman told laura ingraham told lebron james to shut up and dribble i believe in activism i believe in being politically aware i believe in being politically active if you so choose if you choose not to i respect your decision not to get involved maybe you do not feel informed you do not feel compelled you have your own reasons i'm cool with that but no one can tell you to shut up no one you can't tell me to shut up I've had cops with German shepherds and guns drawn tell me shut up and I wouldn't stop talking because I told them I'm going to haunt you. I'm a first generation Haitian. We don't die. We multiply. So if you kill me, I will just be at peace. My family will suffer and cry and hopefully they'll get over it. But me, I'll haunt you. I've said that to cops. Gun drawn in my face. German shepherd with its snout up my behind looking for things that aren't there. Uh, there isn't any contraband. There isn't any of that. Anybody remember the stop and frisk in New York City? I was a big part. I was stop and frisk more times than I care to remember. More than my hands and feet combined. Where's Ennis Cantor on that? Hmm? The stop and frisk, which still goes on. Hmm? Where is he on that? Hmm, I wasn't in the commission of a crime. I wasn't in a quote unquote bad neighborhood. Where is he on that? Like I said before, LeBron James is an expert on being an American on being a Ohio resident, on being a black American, on being a black male American, and being a poor black male American. He took all of that, put his friends in positions of power, put himself in a position of power, gave voice and gave voice to the voiceless, gave power to the powerless, created schools, called it I Promise Schools. What are we talking about? These two guys on a tourist working visa shouldn't have license to speak about that man in those tones. They shouldn't. And the rest of the league should have checked them. It shows a cowardice. You want to show that lives matter? Try taking care and circling the wagons of one of your own for a change. It should have started with players on his team. And his Cantor's team should have been like, listen, we're going to need you to knock that off. We're going to need you to educate yourself before you start coming at Braun. Because you see, he's been on front street with this stuff for a long time before you were in the league, before all of us. He gave us a path to do this, a lane for us to, to feel comfortable coming out talking about these things. He's the most recognizable face in all of sports right now. There is no more recognizable face than his. And meanwhile, he could have just been that smiling corporate brand. Just show off the pearly whites and smile and dunk the ball and drink the Gatorade. And instead, he didn't just do that he decided to do a lot more okay and in his own way i respect them for it but i don't respect when people decide that because they this person hasn't said what you wanted them to say and you have your own closeted racism and you come in with a with already an inherent entitlement and hypocrisy you come in with contradictions already especially a bogut. You come in with your contradictions coming from a place that has its own apartheid and segregation. As we speak, you guys were pirates and criminals and you massacred a people that were already there. 
that, that's, that doesn't make you a settler. It makes you a barbarian. It makes your ancestry animals. It means the ch So if identity politics aside, that's the history. And I, and I just, it, it, it warranted a little bit more conversation. But you see what I just said? I'll say that at the dinner table. And I'll correct until I stand corrected. So I'm saying to everyone out there, if you're going to go to Christmas dinners and you're going to do this and you're going to hang out with people and you, everyone's on vacation, there's school recess, whether you're in law school, med school, elementary school, universities, there's people are off from work, people have been furloughed. You're going to be in these positions where people are going to be mad. I have certain people that I know um, because the funny thing is I'm in the South Southwest now for the moment and they don't really have unions where I am. So there are places in New York and in Virginia and certain parts of the East Coast that have unions. I grew up with union labor. I, my mom was part of the 1199 union. Um, many of my friends had jobs or, or, or parents of my friends had jobs that were in a union. So I know what collective bargaining is and union. But I'm in a, a place where it's a right to work um, and they don't have a history of unionized labor. So there are certain people that I know here who have a problem with the strikes who are like, I don't know what those people are striking about. They got it good. They got unions. They have unions. We don't have any of that. Look how much. And they're speaking about the lashes, the proverbial lashes they're taking at work and the working conditions and their lack of collective bargaining. <clears throat> and and a lot of my shows that I've done previously about unions has been directed at them. So when I say the reason why you don't have a union is because you have decided you did not want to unite to create a union because that's what union is by nature. It means to combine. It means to form collectively. So you haven't gotten enough people together then decide, hey, listen, they're doing it over here. They're doing it over there. They're doing it over here. Why not us? Because I see what passes for employment in certain parts of the South Southwest and it's, ah, yeah, it's rough. So, you know, you get at the dinner table and I'm someone who believes in unionized labor as a, as a form of collective bargaining and as a form of leverage for employees and employee empowerment to improve their working conditions, improve their salaries, working conditions, benefits, etc. And there are other people out there that are completely against it. That's that's a diametric opposition to my belief system. Can we sit at the table and drink beer? Most definitely. Most definitely. I have a friend of mine right now. Me and him are very close. He doesn't really believe in unionized labor. We have conversations all the time. I speak to him about the German model, other models that worked in certain vocational, uh, certain other places, and we speak about it all the time. It's okay. I want everybody right now to unite at that dinner table. I want everybody right now to be okay having the uncomfortable conversations with family because family right now is all you have. There are certain things going on right now in our world. We are all privy to it. We're being told what to do, where to go. What, we don't know what jobs are going to exist next year. We don't know. Do you know? Can you tell me next year is going to be better? Can you definitively tell me right now that 2022 is going to be better than 2021? You're going to do what you can to make it better based on the situations, based on things. But can you definitively say? Because there are things that are just out of your control. There are externalities at work. We have seen, and, and even for people out there, respectfully, for a lot of my friends that are jabbed and really believe in the jab and really believe in, in you know, don't see what the government did as government overreach. You know, there, there are many, many courts in this country that are speaking. And they're not red state courts. They're not just Trump courts or whatever you'd like, the conservative courts that are saying there's certain parts of these mandates that are a, a, that are unconstitutional, that in certain respects and aspects are overreaches. And this is one of the main things I was trying to speak to many of my friends about that are pro, pro, pro jab. I said, you can be pro jab all you want. But uh, but these 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 shutdowns and these quarantines and these masks and these mandates are overreaches, are overreaches. There wasn't enough of a conversation. People, and I'm going to say this now, we're, we're transitioning out of the the Andrew Bogut and Ennis Cantor situation. I told a friend of mine this. A friend of mine said, "Ah, oh, 
You know, I wish people weren't so uncaring and callous. Just put your mask on. Um, oh, I don't know why people, what's the big deal about getting the jab? What's the big deal? This is a person who's ex- very educated, intelligent person, who tries to, who tries to think thoughtfully or th- has people, he thinks thoughtfully about things. So they think that they did the empathetic thing. They think they did the humanity, the humane thing by getting jabbed. That's what they think. And they think and she and, and, and they think that if someone else didn't get jabbed, that they're doing the inhumane thing, the callous thing, the selfish thing. And I said to them, I said, listen, my family is made up. The, the, the women in my family majoritatively are nurses. And you have some nurses who decided to get jabbed and you have others who did not. You have some nurses, some some of them who decided and they've all been nursing for more than a decade. Who do you believe? This is a person who is on the front lines helping people, giving of themselves day in and day out, eight, nine, ten hours a day. And that was before 2020. This one of the most difficult jobs on earth is to be a nurse. My mom did it for more than 30 plus 40 years. My aunts, my cousins, my female cousins, too many to too many to count, too many to name. It's a job. It's a. Vo- it's not a job. It's a vocation. Most of us don't have that level of uh, of commitment to to the jobs that we do, to the things that we do. It take you have to be a special kind of human being to be a nurse, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. Man, there are easier ways to turn a buck in this country, for real. And so, what about the ones who didn't take it? Are we going to take their choice into account? Are we going to call them callous? Are we going to call them selfish? Are we going to do that? And that person that I was speaking to didn't have an answer. I said, you know what you're watching right now? Right now in front of you? It's democracy at work. People making decisions and saying, yeah, you're a government and yeah, to a certain, yes, to a certain degree, I will adhere to certain strictures and mandates when it makes sense. Yes, red is for stop, green is for go. I get that. Pay my taxes. I get that. Um, this costs this. I get that. This is a law. This is a rule. I get that. But in the midst of all of this, the way our system is set up, it's set up for this level of conversation. That's why the branches of government are separated. The separation of powers. This is for, the, for moments like this. Where it's not in the hands of one supreme leader saying, I have bequeathed and decreed on this day of our Lord, signs it and then bong, everyone must adhere or else. No, we didn't have the conversation first. And after almost two years of this, it's time people for the conversation and the jury. I'm sorry. The judges are speaking and writing out decrees saying, yeah, um, there was an overreach. It's okay to have that conversation at the dinner table. I'm giving you guys tools and nuggets right now while I'm speaking. You can copy it if it works for you. If it doesn't, it's okay. Like I said, who do you believe? I have a doctor friend out in Boca. He took the shot, took the jab. I got another one who didn't. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Hmm? I got a couple of nurses who did. I know a couple of nurses who didn't. I'm looking at it and based on the information of who gets it, who doesn't, and et cetera, and if, you, if, you dig, if you do a little bit of diving into the information, what's the problem? Wh- why can't we have that conversation. I'm not saying we're going to meet in the middle, but this is democracy at work. Democracies are messy. See, we're not used to messy democracies. We're not used to things that happened on January 6th. We're not used to that. We're used to whoever we vote for. Eh, it goes on. Life goes on. Whether you're on the left, the right, independent, life goes on. You don't have to worry about a tank driving down your main street with some cat with a bunch of medals on his lapel saying curfew at six or die. You don't have to worry about that. That happens in many, many countries around the world. 
where all of a sudden, based on that election, uh-oh, run for your life, literally. Massive exodus, people hit the border going, whoa, can't do this. Once you see that dude with that military uniform on talking about he's the leader, you might want to take a second and take a deep breath. And that's what happens all throughout South America, all throughout parts of Africa, all throughout parts of the Caribbean, parts of the Middle East. You get some military leader or some staunch, super conservative religious leader. And all of a sudden, this pseudo religious military quasi cat is in office now. And oh, everybody hold on to your hats. You ain't got to deal with that here. Not to the same degree, not even close. So it's like that Henry David Thoreau saying, well, you, you cast your vote in the hopes that your side wins. But, you know, in the hopes. But if they lose, eh, you, th show, you, sh you shrug your shoulders and you make the Seinfeld face like, eh, and you keep it pushing. Right? Right? So that means we can, that means there's room for this conversation. There's room for these conversations at the table. You can say, well, listen, you know, this, you know, there's room. This is a democracy at work. This is how it works. It's not always it's not always pretty. We've been so accustomed to to pretty and peaceful transitions. I remember years ago someone said, "Oh, there was a peaceful transition of power. That's all that was that's all that's important." And I was like, "Really? Just because there's pe peace is not the absence of war." You understand? Especially when one person gets the popular vote and another person don't. I'm, j I'm kind of rambling a bit, but I remember there was this contingent on, on, on you know, social media when I, when I said, wow, that's interesting that you can get the popular vote that we still haven't decided what we're going to do as a collective about this electoral college. We haven't decided that one man, one vote, one person, one vote is actually essential to this, democ this republic slash democracy because you're really in a republic, but... Do you really want it to be one person, one vote? Do you really want it to be popular vote, majority wins? Or do you want these gatekeepers and these electoral colleges and these things that sort of dilute your vote and the power of it? Do you still want these things in place? And people were like, oh, well, th as long as we have a peaceful transition of power. And I thought to myself respectfully, I was like, you cowards, you're afraid to have a messy democracy. A lot of people shed blood and spilled blood to have freedoms that everyone now wants to temper down and dilute and weaken. I was like, and I just shook my head. I was like, mm. I, I just, I, I smelled the, the cowardice on them and I couldn't deal. I was like, ah. oh, it was a peaceful transition of power and that's what's most important. Really? That's, that's what's most important? Not the truth? Hmm? The truth isn't important. Sometimes you have ugly truths or beautiful lies. So these people wanted the beautiful lie. They didn't want the ugly truth. Got it. And that's what we deal with almost every electoral cycle. We deal with the beautiful lie. We go and we do this activity of voting. We we hashtag I voted. We put our little stickers on. I, I've done it too. The little sticker I voted. Did you? Yeah, I voted. Blah, blah, blah. I can complain because I voted, etc., etc. Right. But it's mostly... It goes on. You hear people bantering online. You hear people bantering on the news with red faces about what the other side is doing or not doing. And meanwhile, the band plays on, right? You still go to school. You still pay your bills. You don't have to worry about, you know, riots in the streets, so to speak, and takeovers. So w w what we noticed on January 6th was, wait a minute, a group of people out there just not satisfied with the results. <laughs> Right? Isn't that what you noticed? That's what you're seeing. People taken to the streets saying, I don't want to put this mask on. You have 3,900 events on airplanes in the last year or so based on mask-related incidents. 3,900 mask-related incidents in the sky. People, that's democracy. You can say people are acting badly. People are acting immaturely. People are acting selfishly. Okay, self-interest is a part of democracy. People are identifying with what's important to them. This is why I can go to anyone's table, almost anyone, and say, all right, let's have this conversation. And I want each and every last one of you to be able to do the same thing because it's your family and your friends that are going to come first. Forget about these Fauci's and Fugaci's and these Carlson's and these Maddow's and these Lemons. 
Lemonheads and these Coopers and these Tuck. Forget about them all. Forget about the links that you're getting and the grams and the videos and this and that. And the, stop it. Stop it. When things hit the fan, it's going to be the family that's there. When things hit the fan, it's family that's going to be there. So you got to make amends. I don't want any of you going through this again next winter because I have friends of mine and former colleagues and students. They haven't been to their family's home since 2016 for the holidays. You hear what I just said? You hear what I just said? It was 2016. 2016 election happened. Things were in such disarray. They didn't go back for the holidays. They November election happened. They didn't go back. They didn't go for, for Thanksgiving. They didn't go for Christmas. They didn't go for New Year's. They didn't go for Easter or whatever else. They, they showed up one time. They showed up sporadically during 2017. They didn't show up for 2017 holiday season. They didn't show up for 2018 holiday season. They didn't show up for 2019. And then 2020 happens. Now you can't show up. And then this led to another group of challenges. So what I'm speaking about, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's five, six years old. I'm not just speaking about what's occurred in the last two years. I'm speaking about since elections. I know certain friends of mine who who couldn't go home since Obama got elected. I had a friend of mine. He voted for Obama in 2008 and his mom damn near disowned him. She said, you're a Marxist, socialist, communist. I don't know who you're hanging out with, et cetera, et cetera. Got crazy. He said he couldn't believe it. His mom insulted his girlfriend, said, you're being a bad influence on my son. It got crazy. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And he, so he doesn't feel comfortable going over there for the holidays. They still haven't repaired their relationship from 2008. Hey, guys, it's 2021. That's 13 years ago. It's over a decade and some change. This is what we're going through. Can't be like this. No. 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 We got to do better. And that's what I want for you guys. I want you guys to do better. So, you know, that little thing that I gave, uh, like I said, that little ribbing I would give to Ennis Cantor, Andrew Bogut, if they, we were face to face or on the phone or on a Zoom chat. Like I said, it wouldn't have to be for the clout. Uh, no one would ever know. No one would ever have to know. I would sign a non-disclosure agreement through their lawyers, through their representatives and say they'd like to speak to you. And I'd be like, OK, but they'd like you to sign this NDA first. And they would like they they don't want you to ever mention that you actually had a conversation with them. I'd be like, fine, whatever. But I would love to have that conversation. And I would say I want that conversation contractually to last one full hour because you guys know I can be long winded like crazy. I need it takes me 40 words to say what can be said in four words. OK, so I need an hour, 10 minutes, 15, 35, 40 minutes. Now, don't act like you busy, busy prima donna and you, you got to going to fit me in. No, no, no. You calendar me in for a solid 60 minutes plus or 60 minutes minimum, we can have that conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stand for the straw man tactics. I know them. I know the coded language that's used. I know the language that's used to deflect, to detract, to distract from actual issues based on the stimuli. When I see that the, the entitled Anglo colonizer upset that the, that the, Afro archetype male is speaking out about something and their guilt, their deep seated guilt manifests itself in straw man rhetoric. Ooh, I know it well. I studied it. Read a little Franz Fanon. You'll get it. You'll get it. Read a little Michelle Alexander. You'll get it. New Jim Crow. Mass incarceration in the age of color blindness. Read a little John Henry Clark. You'll get it. You'll understand it and live a little. I've, 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 I understand the psychosis that we're all under. I get it. That's why this world doesn't, won't allow it to drive me crazy because I understand it more and more as, as, as I've grown, as I've learned, as I've pointed out my own contradictions and continue to throughout my life, throughout my days. I see. I see what it is. So creating a new and different me based on the stimuli that exist is paramount. Life is an ongoing conversation. So I'm, I, I'm continuously going through conversations with self and with others and seeing the world. Does this world still represent me where I'm living, where I'm at, where I'm what I'm thinking? Is it still representative of my highest truth? 
And if the answer is no, then you got to go reach for your higher truth. If there's other informations out there that need to be explored, don't point, don't push them to the side just to stay in your own little vacuum in your echo chamber where it's comfortable and safe because you've been there for God knows how long. No, step out of it for a moment and think. Take a second, take a breather and, and think, breathe a different air, think different thoughts. Let's do it. That's what we are right now. That's what we're going to be. So, like I said, this show is going to be, you know, usually I'm sitting here with my little tiny show in the middle of in the nowhere land universe of this this um, Internet and this broadcasting sphere. But guess what? My voice is important because I put it out there into the world for posterity's sake. So people will hear it. People can share it. It will get to certain people's ears. And I'm glad it will get to the people's ears. So don't have so much of a knee jerk reaction check your own biases check your biases at the door so if you see yourself agreeing with something ask yourself why am i agreeing with this and disagreeing with that and ask yourself the fundamental question am i absolutely sure that i am correct am i absolutely sure that i am correct simple question I, we can get into Nietzsche, we can get into Carl Jung, we can get into the shadow self and how this and uh, the different thoughts. We, we don't have to get into that. Simply, am I absolutely sure that I am correct? We, can you stand 10? Would you bet your life on your rhetoric right now? If your life depended on it, would you stand 10 toes down to what you believe right now? Oof. Oh, yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. You know what that does? That forces you to take a second. That forces you to be more tempered in your conversations when you speak about certain things. When you put it that way. When I ask people, you bet your life, your whole life on what you're saying being, being at least 80% correct. And if they go, I'm like, your whole life, bet your life on it. Would you do it? And they go, I, 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 I don't. Mm. Okay. That means you got to get your numbers up. You got to get your facts up. You got to got to go check the numbers and check ch make a list check it twice make sure that everything adds up and then you can stand 10 toes down and then you can stand corrected stand correct until you stand corrected and that's what i always say so in any case guys like i said before if you're listening to me on spotify definitely follow and share the show and things like that and uh, put it in your podcast playlists uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please definitely sub, review, share, subscribe, like, rate it, review it. Talk about how awesome this show is, how absolutely awesome and essential it is to your life and existence. For sure. But we're doing a lot of things next year. Like I said before, pick up those uh, Lenore Batista journals from Chavez House, Chavez House Publishing on Amazon, ChavezHouse.com, Chavez with an S. I'm writing a book. I'm I'm writing the outline to a book. Uh, it, it should be finished. Maybe I'll say first quarter of next year, 2022, probably by the end of March. We'll see how that goes. Um, websites coming soon. Newsletters coming soon. It's going to give it's going to be bigger. It's going to be bigger. And with bigger means that I'm looking to add to production value. It's going to be more interviews with people, panel discussions. Possibly I'm going to pick a topic and maybe discuss it off air with a couple of people and then we bring it on air and then you know i'll check out my moderation mediation skills and see how that works out um and um yeah a lot of things going on i'm excited it's a new year the holidays season is upon us is among us i want you guys to find common ground to talk to each other and communicate to with each other yes your stomach is going to churn a little bit you're going to get what they call bubble guts you're going to feel like mm, this person's going to say something that's going to insult my whole core no they're not they can't insult your whole core you can allow them to do it but they can't do it they can't assault you with insults you, you if you're insulted as ego you have to be secure in your beliefs so you have to be secure in your information if you're not secure in your information, that's when you become insecure and the fear creeps in. But if, you, if you're okay with standing corrected going, you know what, you make a very interesting point, then allow a person to make their interesting points. And, allow, and then, you know, make sure you carve out a space for yourself to make your interesting point and your, your provocative statements, by all means. 
Don't, don't, don't allow this to get in the way of family and fellowship. We're going to need each other next year. Mark my words. We are only a few days away from Christmas. I'm probably going to do a show right before Christmas, maybe Christmas Eve even. Mark my words. Next year, hold on to your, hold the hands of your family and friends. Hold them close. Call them more. Text them less. I use audio message with my iPhone. Sometimes I don't text because I'm long-winded, as you guys know. So what I have to say takes about one and a half minutes. Talk to your people. Use this season right now as an opportunity to speak to your loved ones so you can bring about a different energy collectively into the new year. Set a precedent now. Set a level and a standard of expectation now. You are speaking. There's going to be a different level of communication. You're going to challenge yourself to communicate better. And don't feel afraid. Don't be afraid and don't be reticent to have the people in your life communicate better and challenge them to communicate with you better. It's okay. All right. On that note, everyone, till next time.